What's up, y'all, and welcome to Marley the Podcast, where I use over a decade of experience in the health and fitness space to help you find what's gold and what's old so you can achieve all your health goals seamlessly. All I gotta say is I'm so freaking pumped to be back. It's been quite a few weeks now. Life has gotten way, way, way too ahead of me, but we are back in business, baby. And I am more excited than ever because this is a topic that is near and dear to my heart. I see it on a daily basis with almost all of my clients. I've seen it within myself and it is about the all or nothing mentality. This is a sort of negative thought process or cognitive distortion and it's really common among people. I mean, you've seen it in yourself, you've seen it in others, and it's a way of looking at your experiences into black and white terms. There's little to no room for gray area. There's no in-between. All or nothing thinking means that you are using terms such as never or ever. This faulty thinking really can include an inability to see alternatives in certain situations or a solution to a problem, but this means that especially with people who suffer from anxiety and depression, and I firsthand know that I suffer from anxiety, it can mean that you only see the downside of any given situation. And it makes you feel like you are either successful or a complete failure. There's no in-between. You didn't kind of nail it. You either did it 100% or you might as well not have done it at all. I know for me specifically, it has really made it so that I've overlooked how valuable I am in a certain role as a friend, as an employee, um, in a relationship. And it means that you don't see this middle area. Everything is either black or white, like I mentioned. So really finding examples of what this thinking is, what it sounds like, and how to approach really changing it and being more objective about how you're thinking. I want to use a couple real life examples to see if you can recognize this as a way of thinking that you have used before, because we've all done it, but sometimes we don't recognize it in ourselves. So I know in the past, I, you know, would face anxiety about asking someone on a date or to hang out. And I've sent someone a text message asking if they would want to go do something on a certain night. And lo and behold, you know, a day later, maybe nothing comes my way. And I think, oh my God, I am such an idiot. I read the room wrong. I am a loser. Nobody wants to go out with me. I'll never find the right person. So why even bother? And then this just perpetuates the feeling of being nervous and upset and thinking that I'm just going to be alone forever. And I know I'm not the only person who's been here, but we tend to not see that, you know, the other person could have some things going on in life. That means that they are not going to be readily available by their phone hundred percent of the time. Maybe they're not available for that specific night, but But instead, we jump to conclusions and think that we're just going to die alone and nobody is going to want to be with us, which is so foolish, but we've all been there. When we think about this scenario, instead of thinking so black and white, why are we not finding the middle ground in this? Why did I not find the middle ground? Maybe there's a possibility that, you know, the message was never received, the person's out of town, you know, the text messages come and go so fast that we can easily see them or open 
them and forget to respond, but we can still choose to feel like we're a worthwhile person. We can remind ourselves that, you know, that person may not have been right for us, but that doesn't mean that we're going to sit here and die alone. But in order to really overcome an all or nothing mindset and thought pattern in this situation, especially, it's important to avoid thinking in such negative absolute terms. Our worth and who we are as a person is not dependent on the way someone responds in this manner. And this is something that we really need to become more cognizant of and more aware of in order to not continuously feel this way. Another great example of this all or nothing mindset that I have really struggled with for years and years and years since high school, maybe even dating back to middle school, is in regards to food and my relationship with food. So I would feel like if I ate a couple cookies, I would just explode and become this fat person. So instead of trying to develop a healthy relationship with food and saying, you know what, I can have a couple cookies, I don't need the whole box, but I'm not gonna completely cut them out of my life altogether, I went the whole other side of the spectrum, completely cut out certain foods in my life, and then when I did come and sit down in front of those foods, it was game over. Like I couldn't just have two cookies. I couldn't just have one cookie. I couldn't just eat till I felt satisfied. I just kept eating because I didn't know how to have a healthy relationship with those foods. And I experienced this so much day to day with clients too, because a lot of us have come from that binging background of not eating certain foods or restricting ourselves from certain foods. And then one day we sit down and we eat the whole tub of ice cream, not just a serving, not just a portion, the whole tub. And then we just skyrocket and snowball into this super negative self-talk, negative self-worth. We do a lot of like body shaming and this shit needs to end. And I know that having an all or nothing mentality really perpetuated my eating disorder. And I wasn't aware of it at the time, but now that I've overcome it, now that I am on the other side of it, it's so much easier to sit here and look back and be like, oh my God, that was the most unhealthy thing I could do for myself. But when you're in the thick of it, it's really hard to come to that realization. But as we get older, I find that being more self-aware is a lot more apparent now than it used to be when we were in high school, when we were in middle school. We just kind of went with the crowds. We did what other people did. We wanted to fit in. And this was a huge struggle. But now it is really up to us to become aware of these situations and know tactics of how we can approach them in a more constructive manner. In order to really get past this thought pattern and this negative self-talk, we have to celebrate the wins. We have to celebrate our strength. And this is something we don't do enough. We dwell so much on our failures and things that we're not good at instead of focusing on our strength. And if we actually focused on the things that we were good at, those things would get better. It creates more of a sense of happiness and we feel accomplished. But if you only focus on the things you're not doing well, well, what does that tell you? It just tells you that you can't do anything right you feel like you can't get anywhere. It's best to realize that setbacks happen. Setbacks happen to every single person. So you're not the first person to have a setback. You're not the last person to have a setback. This is not gonna be one and only time. Life is not a walk in the park, a leap over a rainbow. You're not always gonna find a unicorn with a pot of gold. I know these are all like (laughs) extremely crazy uh, references, but you get what I'm saying. And when we focus on the positive and we focus on positive incidents, 
situations, these positives grow greater. Instead of using unconditional terms such as never or nothing or I'm never gonna amount to something or I can never nail down my nutrition and don't let me fool you into thinking that I am really great at not having an all or nothing mindset because I never want to portray that I am someone who is perfect at implementing something like this because if you were to ask my mom she would tell you that I am too hard on myself which means that I tend to focus on failures I tend to focus on weaknesses and that I lose sight of the strengths and of the positive things in front of me and yes this is normal but we have to realize when we're doing this and it's so great to have people in your corner who are there to support you and to call you out because my mom calls me out she is probably one of the only people that I don't get mad at for because I know that she always has my back she always wants what's best for me and she wouldn't say stuff just to say stuff my mom says it how it is she doesn't sugarcoat so when she says something I know that it's true and I need to get out of this mindset for myself too so really being held accountable by people around you is going to be a huge precursor for a change that you can make such a positive impact on your life because we all need those people that call us out when we are just being absolute negative Nancy's if you're still sitting there and you're like hmm, I'm trying to figure out some telltale signs of all or nothing thinking these are gonna be just a few that will really hone in on if this is something that you partake in for yourself and one of them would be you give up easily setting goals is freaking awesome setting goals is the way you achieve goals but bailing after just one slip up is not how you achieve goals I know a lot of people practice dry January but you know say you have a glass of champagne to celebrate your mom's birthday in January you didn't ruin the entire month that doesn't mean you have to go binge drink on the weekend okay you didn't make dry January 100% but if you're used to drinking say multiple times a week and you go to drinking once a week that is freaking progress let's not lose sight of that another one would be you use superlatives and I mentioned this before and words like always or never I always screw up no one will ever you know think that I'm good enough these are just really prime examples and then a third telltale sign would be you experience anxiety hey I'm gonna raise my hand here I'm Marley I experience anxiety and when there is a tiny misstep that means absolute failure planning prepping this definitely increases anxiety when something doesn't go the way that you anticipated anxiety is at an all-time high um but that's because we're focusing on the negative and I know that I'm definitely a victim of this but it's something that I continue to work on all the time a third one would be you experience low self-esteem so when you're constantly seeing yourself as either an expert or an idiot not somewhere in the middle your self-esteem is probably going to take a major hit you can't be an expert at everything if you are an expert at everything you might as well go on jeopardy and win the whole shebang and create a nice long streak for yourself but odds are you're probably not a fucking expert at everything you know and I think it's time that we take a break from thinking that we need to be an expert at everything that's why there are certain niches that people are good at and certain niches that people are not good at because they have other people to lean on that can help them in those areas and the fifth one I want to dive into would you be that you procrastinate and or you don't feel motivated and this is huge because there's a chance that something will go wrong there's always a chance that something will go wrong do we want to just focus on that chance no but if you 
you refuse to start because you aren't 100% sure of the outcome being perfect, this is a telltale sign you're adopting that all or nothing mentality, that all or nothing thinking. You know, a lot of times we set these New Year's resolutions for ourselves and then we back out because we're like, oh my God, can I really do that? And we just psych ourselves out instead of jumping in and doing it to the best of our abilities. But this also leads to the sixth telltale sign and that is ignoring the good things. So there's a huge inability to be grateful for what you have or recognize those bright moments, even amidst some of those dark ones. And this is a huge sign of that black and white thinking that we talked about because everything is not going to be great all of the time. But finding greatness in certain moments, despite some of those pitfalls, that is what we should be doing. And it's okay if you're not currently doing this. I'm not saying that we need to make sure that all of this is on par, but I really want to help you and help myself get to that point where we are more consciously aware of these events and we can not be stuck in them for longer than we need to be. Lately, I've been reading a book called The Happiness Advantage, and this is solely focused on a student who went to Harvard and noticed that all of these kids are in one of the most prestigious schools in America, right? You should be stoked. Like, how many people get into Harvard? Uh, I don't know anyone who's at Harvard. I don't know about you. Maybe you know one person, and that's freaking great. But he came to notice that despite getting into one of the most prestigious schools, these kids were suffering the most. These kids were suffering from the most, um, or the highest rates of depression, of anxiety. They felt like complete failures despite their huge success of getting into the school. And he was wondering why this was. And this book has been really, really influential for me lately because I've found that even though there's so much greatness happening in life, a lot of times we focus on what's not going great and how can we really pull ourselves out of this? So the happiness advantage, it's all about positive psychology. And instead of focusing on what could go wrong, we're focusing on the positives. We're not ignoring the negatives, but it's putting much more emphasis on the actual positives, on things that we can change, ways that we can adapt our thinking, ways of interacting in a way that really adds to this happiness. And it's crazy what can happen when we just shift our mindset a little bit and shift our mode of thinking into something that is not solely focused on the negative. This book dives into the common misconception that if we work harder, we'll be more successful. When we're more successful, we'll be happier. But you see so many people that are successful that are miserable and it doesn't matter what money you have. It doesn't matter what position you are at your job, but the formula is freaking backwards. Happiness is not fueled by success. It's the other way around. Once you're happy, you can then be successful. So this means we have to break this whole mentality of all or nothing because if it's going to be successful or not successful, how are we going to find happiness in that? There is no true happiness there. My biggest takeaway from this is simply being more consciously aware of these events, taking small steps to pull yourself out of it, and maybe even getting yourself a book that helps you realize that we can train our brains to think in a specific way that benefits us, that benefits our goals. And if you are thinking about it, pick up the happiness advantage. It'll seriously change the way you think. It'll seriously give back to you and 
such a huge way. It's a short read, but it is really worth it. And when we focus on our strengths, those strengths increase. When we focus on the negative, the negative increases. The law of attraction, it works both ways. So attract what really is going to suit you instead of attracting what is no longer serving you. Make sure to hit subscribe if you haven't already and head on over to my Instagram at Marley Rosano to check out even more helpful content.